Welcome to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. The crossroads where culture, lifestyle, and community meet. All hosted by the legendary New York radio TV personality and proud Harlem American, G. Keith Alexander. Hey, welcome to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. Wherever you are, I appreciate you for hanging out in our neighborhood, Harlem America. Today in the West Side Spotlight is the iconic Black Dragon of the Silver Screen, Ron Van Cleef. Renowned for his electrifying presence in martial arts films, Ron has captivated audiences worldwide with his dynamic skills and charismatic performances. Beyond his fame as the UFC commissioner, Ron's legacy in film is unparalleled. Recently, Ron Van Cleef was inducted into the International Sports Hall of Fame by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Ron's journey from a martial arts champion to a cinematic legend is nothing short of inspiration. Oh so it is my goodness. distinct honor and pleasure to say that Ron Van Cleef is what's hot. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> How you doing? Wonderful, wonderful. This is an honor and pleasure. Thank you. You are so welcome. Uh, for a long time, I wanted to get you on, but it just so happened that you uh, came to New York uh, uh, two weeks ago to uh, yeah. premiere three films. So we're going to talk about all that. But uh, right now, let's get started with uh, let's take the Wayback Machine okay. and tell us what it was like growing up as little Ron Van Cleef. Well, and I, I, I'm from Brooklyn, New York, um, Dean Street and Saratoga Avenue. Uh, I was born um, the son of a uh, merchant marine and a uh, secretary. Um, I had one brother who was killed in Vietnam in 1966. Um, I went in the Marine Corps when I was 17. I went to Vietnam when I was 22 years old. And I, I did uh, one tour. I was injured. I was uh, in a helicopter that crashed, and I was sent home. And then I went to uh, North Carolina, Camp Lejeune. And uh, in, in 1963, I was lynched by the Ku Klux Klan. And I spent uh, five months in a hospital. They knocked out eight of my teeth. They broke my jaw. They broke my left arm. I almost lost my right eye. Um, that was kind of uh, horrific. Took me many years to uh, to cope with that, you know. Imagine going someplace from Brooklyn, which I didn't know anything, and you go to North Carolina, and then it was white only, uh, colored only. Uh, you couldn't drink out of uh, faucets. You couldn't go to bathrooms. It, it was a. Uh, it was quite a. I predicted, you know. And just coming back from Vietnam I was like, wow, this is wow. America, you know. Well, thank you for your service, first of all, and then uh, being a fellow Marine, Semper Fi, and uh, hoorah, and uh, just had a two forty eight, yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> and, and and I went to Camp Lejeune as well, uh, but I, I I didn't know that you had uh, a run in with the Ku Klux Klan. I mean, yes, that's what uh, made me write my my life story, The Hangman, uh -huh. and uh, I, I wrote that in. Uh, 2010, when I was in the VA hospital doing a uh, um, combat post-traumatic disorder program for uh, three months, mm -hmm. 
it was very helpful. It, mm -hmm. it allowed me to cope with my PTSD. I mean, you never really lose the PTSD, but uh, it gave me more coping mechanisms. So I, I'm, I'm able to function a lot better, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't think you ever really get rid of it totally, you know? Um, there are times when it uh, it does have an effect. So, all right. So after that experience, um, how did you take up martial arts? I mean, was that a coping mechanism or, or I what? I started martial arts way before then. I started martial arts when I was 15 years old with Moses Powell at the St. John's Community Center. In I remember Brooklyn. him. You know, I, I, I ran away from home when I was 17 and I joined the Marine Corps. I signed my mother's uh, and father's signatures on the uh, papers, you know. Really? <laughs> they knew where I was. I was down at Camp, I was down at uh, Paris Island. Mm -hmm. Paris Island wasn't that, uh, wasn't that easy for Black Marines at that time. That's it right. Maybe three or four Black Marines in my platoon mm -hmm. took a lot of shit, you know. Hey, but believe you me, was my name. You know, <laughs> you know Darky. I, I thought that was my name because they never called me by my name ever. Never. Yeah. You know. Hey, my my drill instructor uh, uh, used to ride my back when we did our three miles run in in, in the morning. Yeah. He, he, he used to get on my back, and and I'd have to carry my my drill instructor. I mean, it was only four black guys right. in, in 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 my platoon too. Yeah, you know, yeah. and and they were rough on us, buddy. So, so I, I started with Moses Powell, mm -hmm. and then I, I I trained with Ronald Duncan, and then okay. Peter Urban, uh -huh. and Frank Ruiz, uh, Bruce Lee, uh, mm -hmm. Yip Man. Uh, Leon Ting, Duncan Leon, um, Elio Gracie, Helson Gracie, Henzo Gracie, Hickson Gracie. Uh, I've been with the Gracie the past 13 years. Really? You know, well, I competed for over 55 years in karate. I retired as a five-time world champion and a 15-time All-American. Incredible. So I was really active, you know, in that. I, I competed uh, multiple times per year. I still compete four times a year in jiu-jitsu. You do. But I never fight anyone my age. Everyone is always 30, 40, 50 years younger than me, you know? But it's fascinating. It's really fascinating. Really. Well, uh, okay. So you, um, you're still active. And uh, I, I don't know if you want to tell the uh, our our audience how old you are, but you, you're I'm still 80. you're eighty years old. Yeah, I'm going to be eighty one in January. And you're still beating up young guys. I don't know if I'm beating them up. I'm hanging in there. I tell you that. <laughs> uh, I have several guys that I I hang with in class. So there was one guy, Alejandro. He's six foot nine, three hundred and forty pounds. Eight years ago, he broke five of my ribs. What? And I bit through my tongue. I wound up stitches on my, my tongue, top and bottom. But that's the only injury really I've ever had from jujitsu. Uh -huh. You know, little things like your finger, your toes, stuff like that. But that was the only real injury I ever had from jujitsu. And so when you got healed, you weren't shy about getting back into... I went right back in. I was back on the mat within a year. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Well, now I recently, uh, maybe about five months ago, had one of my ribs broken, and I know the pain of just having one. My head is unbelievable. You can't breathe. You can't lay. You can't breathe. Believe me, it is painful. And I had to, I had to slide out of bed. I couldn't sit up. You know, it, it was. I painful. used to roll out of bed. <laughs> really? <laughs> but look here. Okay, so now let's get to the fact that all right, you got into uh, martial arts, and um, you mentioned earlier uh, while we were uh, talking before the show that you remember that. Uh, I was at an audition with you for the Black Dragon. The Black Dragon. I, 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 I don't remember that. I don't remember, <laughs> you know. Uh, but obviously, you got the part, of course. Uh, but uh, but tell us, who gave you that name, Black Dragon? Bruce Lee in 1966 at uh, Madison Square Garden. I fought at the All American Karate Championship. I lost my final match to a gentleman by the name of Joe Hayes who was, he was the icon. He was the, the best ever. Great kicks, Jeep. Great kicks. Good hands because he was a boxer also. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he beat me. He beat me probably by three or four points. Mm-hmm. And I, I met Bruce um, when I left the stage. And he said, mm-hmm. you know, you're the Black Dragon. I said, what? I just lost. He said, oh, no, no, no. That spirit is the Black Dragon. 15 years later, I made a film, The Black Dragon. It was crazy. <laughs> you know, I mean, really crazy. <clears throat> wow. But he was uh, a nice man. He introduced me to Wing Chun. Uh, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. You know, I went over to Hong Kong. I stayed there almost 10 years. Um, I trained with uh, Yip Man, who was the the founder of, of the Wing Chun system. Mm-hmm. Trained with uh, Duncan Leong, um, Leon Ting, who was the uh, chief instructor for all of the Wing Chun systems in Hong Kong at the time when I was mm-hmm. in the Nathan Road. I competed there. I got knocked out in Hong Kong one time. Really? In 81. I was like, what, 40 years old? And I was competing in a full contact event. I fought seven times in one day. Wow. And I got knocked out on the second day my first fight in the second day, so I took second place. But I lost to a guy that was like uh, maybe 25 years younger than me. Hmm. And he outweighed me by 50 pounds. <laughs> no weight to, there were no weight divisions at that time. Really? So, when I fought in the UFC, mm-hmm. I'm the oldest person to ever fight in the UFC. I was 51 years old and 11 months. It was in December. I would have been 51 that January. But I fought Coyce Gracie, who was 26 at that time. Wow. GK, that was the longest five minutes I ever experienced in my life. The really? Five minutes, 35 seconds. He choked me out with a rear naked choke. The next day, I could hardly swallow. Oh, really? He was wow. really, really good. He didn't have striking power. Uh-huh. So maneuverable. Me. I mean, he twisted me up like a, like, like spaghetti man. You know? Really? really. Well, wait a minute. Oh, oh, wait a minute now. Hold it. Now, you say he choked you out with a rear uh, choke. Okay. Now, now, aren't you supposed to be able to get out of all that? Aren't you supposed to be able Um, to? You're supposed to be able to, but when you have a real expert of Brazilian jiu-jitsu who specialize in choking and strangling manipulations, they specialize in that. That's That's the bread and butter of their system. 
And that's what you're studying that on you. It's almost impossible to get out. Really? And and and, and that's what but you're studying. That in tight, uh -huh. You just go to sleep. Well, they, that's what I've you're been studying now. So many times on the man when I was a white belt. Really? I felt like a choking dummy. <laughs> they would choke me out and stick me over in the corner on the mat until I woke up. Well, still rolling with other guys. <laughs> well, it just so happens that that's the system that that you're studying now. You're, you're studying Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for 13 years. 12 years to make brown belt. But I will test for black belt in three more years. Three more years. I'll be wow. the oldest black belt ever that they promoted. Incredible. So oldest brown belt. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so all right. So so tell us about some of the styles and, you know, briefly uh, describe the, the styles that you've trained in and that you've mastered uh, so well, that our audience will know the I difference. I've mastered anything, you know, um, the, the beautiful thing about martial arts is that it's a continual learning process. So you never learn it all, you know, there's thousands of styles. I call them hybrid styles, which com combine techniques from different forms. I studied Shotokan, I studied Goju, I studied Ishimu, I studied Shorinru, I studied Judo, I studied traditional Japanese Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, now I'm studying Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I studied Kendo, I studied uh, Kobudo, which is, uh, I taught 52 different weapons at one time, you know? Um, the martial arts for me is just another form of uh, of learning about yourself. It gives you a really um, realistic view of yourself, not a fantasy thinking view, but a realistic view of yourself and your potential. It's martial arts is a, a people building uh, system. It, mm -hmm. it allows you to do the best for yourself. You learn that every day you have this opportunity to be a better version of yourself. And that's what mm -hmm. I've, uh, I've been addicted to. I'm, I'm addicted to martial arts. I feel yeah, better I, I don't make a class. Really, I, I think you're also addicted to pain too, because I mean, you know, it's like, uh, you know, you know, you're getting hit a lot. There's no hitting in jiu-jitsu, in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Well, not in that, but I'm talking about all of the- I, the I competed other... in 900 tournaments over 55 years of competition. Wow. So I've had all of the teeth knocked out, nose broken eight times, jaw broken twice. I've had all of those eight eye operations. I just what? had more on my left eye. Um, so that combative uh, punching, kicking stuff can't work for me anymore because you're susceptible to too much shock. You know, your mm -hmm. body can't take that anymore. It can, mm -hmm. no matter how strong I am. I still do 100 push-ups. I still, you know, I still keep myself fit. But nothing can help you when it's uh, shock, absorbing that shock, you know? I, I enjoy the competition, but I, I don't want to get punched or kicked anymore. So that's why I'm doing jiu-jitsu competition. And I will I do that you. until I make black belt, and then I'm going to retire. Really? Yes, I'm going to retire in about four more years. I take the test three, well, two years and six months from now, I take the test for black belt. Mm -hmm. I'll be the yeah. oldest black belt in the system, in the system worldwide, <laughs> with a half a million people in it. Really? 
Yeah, oh, it's the man. largest uh, jujitsu system. The Gracie system is the largest of the Brazilian jujitsu systems in the world. Didn't He's got twenty thousand right here in Hawaii students. Really? Wow. Yeah. Now, okay, so now you just mentioned Hawaii. Okay, why did you leave New York City to go to Hawaii? What I did was I, I moved from New York to St. Thomas. I lived in St. Thomas for ten years before I moved here. I, I moved here in Hawaii in 2010 um, because uh, my wife was was getting her. Um, she got her MBA. She wanted to do her uh, PhD, and they didn't have it at the university at, at in, in the Virgin Islands. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Uh, we decided to come to another warm, tropical kind of place to live and mm-hmm. uh, work on that here. Oh, beautiful. That's how I got beautiful. here. I see. Okay. So, and my last hurricane in St. Thomas really made me not want to live there any longer. I didn't have electricity for three months. Really? Yeah, it was really bad. My friend lost his, his complete house. And the electricity wow. down in St. Thomas is really bad. It goes out every day mm. as a standard. Wow. Really? Oh, yeah. wow. Well, the um, let's talk about, because I'm, I'm sure our audience would like to know about the Black Dragon movies. Tell us about the Black Dragon movies. Now, I, I used to go down to Chinatown and I used to watch all these movies, you know. And, and, well, and I used to do that when we were teenagers. Really? Yeah. The, the, Me and Rafi uh, Kamal, we, we'd go down there and we'd check out the, the you know, and guys yeah. <laughs> flying through the air and, and all that, you know. And so tell us now, how did you get the Black Dragon movie? You know, that, that was a strange uh, situation. I was um, represented by Black Beauty Agency, you know. I, I was too. Uh, that Betty White was my my agent. She sent me on an audition. Uh-huh. Um, I was a stuntman with the East Coast Stuntman Association. I started uh, as as a stuntman on uh, Kojak. Really, Natalie Sabalas and his brother George. They were so nice to me. Who loves you, baby? He was a really cool guy. Uh, uh, and I, that's where I started. Then I was on Ryan's Hope for five years. I was mm. the bartender at, at the Crystal Palace. You know. Mm. Then I was oh, really? on Oz for three years. Really. <laughs> yeah. So I, I did a lot of television, you know. Um, how I got the Black Dragon was uh, Betty sent me out on the audition where I met you, and uh, <laughs> it was a different world from then on, you know. Well, you know, I I was faking it. I mean, I, I had studied little Goju and, and Shotokan at at Fordham University with a guy named Al Hong. And uh, so when I guess when Betty asked me, uh, do you know martial arts? I said, yes. And so, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so uh, she was a nice lady. I really oh, like. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You know, but uh, but I'm glad you got the part because, you know, you took all these blows for the last 50 years. I just wanted to. Do so. All right. So you you, you get the, the Black Dragon and you, you did you move to Hong Kong in order yes, to. I did. Yes, OK, I did. so. Okay, so what was that like? For you know, you were probably in your late twenties or something. In my in my mid twenties. Um, okay, I didn't know the language first off, and so um, when you're in that total immersive uh, environment, mm-hmm. you start to understand and speak without even knowing it because that's the only option you have. Right, and so um, 
it took me about about two years, and I became pretty proficient at mm-hmm. uh, Mandarin and Cantonese. You know, um, filmmaking is so different in Hong Kong. They'll, they'll have a crew of five people, and they do everything. Really, sound, lighting, makeup, <laughs> you know, <laughs> camera work. They do everything. And we shot films in two weeks. I mean, the Black Dragon movie was shot in two weeks. Really? Two weeks. Wow. And it was really interesting in that they gave me like a side contract, which is only like $500 a week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. at the end of the shoot, the producer, Seraphim Karolatsis, remember Seraphim? He gave me, I think, 25 or 30K uh, bonus or whatever he wanted to call it. You know, it was pretty cool. Really? Know? And then well, they, they signed me to five uh, Black Dragon films. I wound up doing nine. Really? Incredible. Thailand, in Korea, hold, in the Philippines, uh, Taiwan. Hold, hold, hold that thought. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be okay. right back, and we're going to pick it up where you where you say they signed you to uh, five uh, Black Dragon films. Okay. okay. That way I go to the bathroom, too. Yeah, okay. Uh, This is G. Keith Alexander, and this is What's Hot Harlem America. And our guest today is the Black Dragon, Mr. Ron Van Cleef, and we'll be right back. Have you ever thought about hosting your own radio podcast to establish fame, fortune, and followers for your small business? People listen to them. They subscribe to them. And they love them. As a small black business owner, doesn't that sound like something you'd like to be a part of? Well, you can when you hire the radio podcast pros at Harlem America Digital Network. Imagine, you'll have a team of creative and technical professionals at your disposal and a one-hour weekly radio podcast to spread the word about your business. Making your business successful with its own media is not for the faint of heart, but it can happen with a Harlem America radio podcast talk show. Get a free consultation by emailing gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com or call D. Daniels at 480-553-5741 today. Listening to Harlem America. I love it a lot. For entertainment. Check it out. Check it out. Empowerment and health and wellness. Harlem America. The home of Glasso Smart Water is Harlem America. Harlem America. Where Coca-Cola is helping you enjoy less sugar. You're listening to Harlem America, talking to the world from the heart and soul of New York. You're listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. To reach our show live today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Also, you can send an email to gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com. Now, back to the show. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, we're sitting here now with uh, a man who has, uh, I mean, when you talk about martial arts, and all of its uh, forms and 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 various uh, disciplines, Ron Van Cleef 
has done it all. He's uh, called the Black Dragon. He got his name from Bruce Lee. And so now tell us, continue on with the story of how uh, you got the uh, the five films, but you went on and done, you got the contract to do five Black uh, Dragon films, but you ended up doing nine because you yes. were so good, of course. Go ahead. Uh, well, Sarah from Carolexis was the producer, and we just became friends, you know? He was uh, my, my son's godfather, mm. and uh, he was really a nice man. He, he's the kind of person that would help anyone, you know? He was very kind. He was at my son's birth, you know? I mean, he was really a good man. Um, he helped me with my my life. It it changed my life making those Black Dragon films. Um, I didn't really like the film business. I didn't really like um, martial arts films. I thought really? they were too corny. The, the flying in it, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. You know, uh, I tried to make my choreography a little more realistic. You know, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. uh, that seemed to have worked, and so. They found that the films, like the first one, they did for like $100,000. It made $2 million. And that was like, yeah, you know, <laughs> let's let's hook them up. So I, I wound up doing like even nine or ten Black Dragon films. I, I filmed in Korea. I filmed in Taiwan. I filmed in the Philippines. I filmed in Thailand. I filmed in um, Okinawa. And, and then I filmed in Japan. You know? Really, I, I was stationed in Okinawa at the Marine Corps. I was on Okinawa. I was the camp the Superman. Really? Yeah, I was the Superman. I... Nineteen sixty one to sixty three. Really? Well, I, I was in charge of the Marine Corps, uh, the Armory for the Marines uh, oh, when wow. I was in Okinawa. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So now, all right. Now, you, I was you... in artillery. You were in artillery. How was this? Okay. Well, let's talk about some of the people that you've trained. Who have you trained in martial arts? Let's see. Um, we can start with Richie Gear. Oh, okay. For what for, for what movie? Uh, he was just one of my clients at Radu's. There, there oh. wasn't a um a fitness center on 57th Street called the Radu Physical Culture Center. Okay. I trained right. Nadia Komenich there. Hmm. I trained uh, uh, the, the cast from uh, Sex in the City. Uh, <laughs> I had the opportunity to run into people that I never thought that I would meet, like Gregory Pack. Um, mm -hmm. I, I wound up training him. I trained mm -hmm. his um, I trained uh, Donald Trump's wife, Marla. Uh, Marla, okay. For quite a while. She mm -hmm. was a very, very fit lady. Very mm -hmm. fit. I trained J-Lo. Mm -hmm. Now, you trained J-Lo for a particular movie. Well, actually, it wasn't for that particular movie, but she mm -hmm. was about to do that film. She had been training with a, 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 one of my friends, Billy Blanks, the guy that oh. founded Tybo. Yes, okay. So... One day I came in the gym and she was doing uh, sit-ups on Radu's waist. And mm -hmm. says, uh, I want you to, to train uh, Jenny. You know, mm -hmm. I said, cool. And so I, I wound up uh, having to train her. It was a pleasure. I mean, she's very fit. 
and she, she listens really well and mm-hmm. she's uh she's she's very flexible she's very her kicks and stuff she was very flexible and kind of gone with jenny from the bronx you know yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. all of that training was uh, displayed in the movie enough the movie, enough enough yeah. okay yeah. All right. Then you've also trained um, Cindy Crawford, uh, George Benson, Richard uh, Pryor. Richard Pryor. What was it like training Richard Pryor? Richard was a very nice man. I was introduced to him on the set of a film. He was um, playing a blind man, and it, uh, I forgot what it was like. See, hear no evil, see no evil, or something like that. Mm-hmm. His bodyguard Rashan Khan called me up and said. I got a gig for you. Come on down, meet Richard. So I went down to uh, Rockefeller Center. They were shooting in a hotel there. Mm-hmm. And he introduced me and he says, I-, I want you to come and work for me. So I wound up uh, working with him. A really nice man. A really nice man. Nothing like what you would think. He was very shy. Really? He was nothing like his on screen persona. Nothing like it. Wow. Well, Small, when you ended up, well, when shy. you ended up, when you ended up working for him, what did you do? I was his bodyguard. You were the bodyguard yeah, for Richard yeah, Pryor. Yeah, get yeah. down with your bad self. What a nice man. I mean, really. And if it wasn't for Rashan, I would have mm-hmm. never done that job. You know, I, I have to give credit to Rashan, one of my senior um, karate and jujitsu uh, brothers. Mm-hmm. All right. So now... All right. All these... started, I started with the East Coast Stuntmen's Association, so I started working on a lot of television stuff. You know, mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. on Oz for four years. Four years. Oh, really? Okay. Four five years. I was a prisoner, and that I uh, I stabbed a, a rabbi to death in front of a synagogue, and that's why they put me in jail for life. And I wound up being in the cell with uh, this guy Muhammad, who was uh, the head of all of the uh, Muslims in the jail. It was really a cool show. Kind of graphic violence. They killed me at the end of this. They did hit me in the head with a hammer, with a sledgehammer in the grave in the prison graveyard. So they crushed my head. See, now I'm gonna have to go back and watch uh, watch Oz. Uh, but speaking of going back, uh, tell our listeners and our, our viewers where they can see the Black Dragon films. You know, all these films are on Netflix. They're on Hulu. My documentary, the. Uh, the Hangman, which was uh, a documentary that I produced uh, that uh, related my life story, which is The Hangman, my my biography that I wrote. Mm-hmm. That's on Hulu and Tubi and all those uh, streaming services now. Oh, great. Um, I'm in pre-production with three different films right now. Um, well, actually, post-production, Black Heroes of the Martial Arts, which was a series of books that I wrote, mm-hmm. and I decided to make a documentary because I think the Black uh, martial arts experience needs to be exposed. You know, most of the people that I've met in the martial arts that were really good were our people. Most mm-hmm. of Ronald Duncan, Kareem Mala, uh, Muhammad Ali, uh, he was a really nice man. I met him at at, at Radu's, a really yeah. nice man. Really nice man. The last time I saw him was at the Olympics in China. Oh, oh really? That was, that wow. was and, uh, 
the martial arts has taken me to places where I never thought that I would ever be. You know, I've met kings and queens, and I played chess with Nixon. <laughs> really? And Sarah from Carol Alexis's condo is his townhouse on 68th Street. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I used to go there, and he was a bad loser. <laughs> really? I beat him one time, he knocked all the pieces off the board. Yeah. Nixon? Nixon, Nixon. did? Nixon, yeah. <laughs> We're talking about President Nixon. President Nixon, yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. So who, who are some of the other luminaries that you've uh, met or worked with? Um, Anthony Quinn, Ooh, who was okay. a wonderful, wonderful man. He lived down the, down the road from George Benson in New Jersey. And mm-hmm. uh, George used to take me to his house because uh, George used to like to... Uh, hang out with him. They they, they had uh, wine and things that they liked. And he was a sculptor and he, he made George a look like black onyx, but it was like $35,000. It looked like a rock, you know? Really? And George was, ah, this is great, you know? But he was an excellent <laughs> painter and sculptor. No. And he had a kid when he was 85 years old. Yeah, that I remember hearing. That about. was a real, a real man. <laughs> that I remember but hearing about. He was about. a really nice, nice man. He was but not only that, uh, but not only that, uh, he and I dated the same lady. Oh one yeah, time. yeah. At oh, one time, at, at, at one time, not at the same time. I don't think, but at, at least at one time. George was a wonderful man. I mean, I probably did four. No, I was talking about okay. Anthony. I was talking about Anthony Quinn. Oh, Tony, yeah, yeah. <laughs> good man. You know, uh, look and at Tony Bennett too. Oh really? Yeah, at my dudes. But, and I did the rehab with him after he had his heart surgery. After he's had his, uh, um, what did he have? He had, a, he had a, a triple bypass. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Incredible. Really nice man. Really nice man. Yeah. Well, you, you're a nice man yourself. So, you know, it, 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 looking through your lens, I'm sure you see the, the, the niceties about a lot of people. I mean, you know. There's a kindness that comes from some people that, it's not at all in other people, you know. I, I work for a lot of rich people, you know, mm-hmm. like super rich that would fly me to their house and pay me a thousand dollars to do an hour class and then fly me back to New York. Really? That kind wow. of I've done a lot of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, what I've noticed myself, most of the rich people that I know are not happy to do. Really. They got more books than we could ever even think about having. But in their life, they're not happy. But lots of them have uh, illnesses, you know, mm-hmm. disabilities. Mm-hmm. And some of them were just plain mean. It's, it's wow. terrible. They, they look down on regular people, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a strange world that we're living in, you know. It's it's changed so much from when I grew up as a kid. I went to boys' high school in Brooklyn, so I was just into martial arts. I didn't even want to talk to girls. I, <laughs> I was a virgin until I went in the Marine Corps. Really? Yeah. I, until I was in Okinawa and Sakahachi Ali. Down, oh uh, yeah. <laughs> that's with Mama with with Hammerhead. Yeah, your Mama's on, but but Hammerhead with the yeah, 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 yeah. Hammerhead was the legend there. Yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah. I remember steam baths and massages and stuff. Yeah. Hey, and I remember three dollars, five dollars, two dollars. Uh, yeah. <laughs> two dollars. I remember but look, that. But look, we we've got uh, three minutes left before we go to break. 
in the three minutes since you're my connection, you are the connection to Bruce Lee. Tell us what it was like hanging out with Bruce Lee. Bruce was a pothead. <laughs> we smoked pot every time I saw him. When I first met him in 1966, uh -huh. we went back to the hotel and we smoked pot until the early morning and talked shit all night. He was a really nice man. Uh, a very unique way of uh, doing martial arts. He would pick little pieces from different parts and bring them into his thing. Um, mm -hmm. He was very creative. Very creative, you know? And tough. We sparred a few times. I mean, I hit him with the real stuff. He got yeah. up smiling and kicked me in my balls. You know? Really? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> For a 130-pound guy who could take it, he was tough. And, you know, I'm like 180, 185. I've always been around that weight, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, he was tough. He was really tough. I, I saw him three days before he died in Hong Kong. Oh, really? Um, we had dim sum together. We went to this Chinese restaurant, had some food, and then we smoked some hats together. Mm -hmm. But he was a really nice guy. Lots of people thought he had an ego. But he wasn't mm -hmm. a good guy. He was real, you know? He would say that that technique is bullshit. It can't work. You know, that's <laughs> what he call it mental masturbation, you know? <laughs> he, he was really a good guy. He was way ahead of his time, though. He was where, did his, where did his philosophy come from? You know, the... We, Napoleon Hill books. He, really? Christian Murti. He, he was into all of that. Wow. Because, you know, we've seen quotes from from him about water, be water, you know, uh, you know. Uh, a lot of that stuff was roomy and stuff like that, but really? he stole a lot of stuff, but he used it, you know. It uh -huh. was, he, just, <laughs> he, he actually used his, his, his philosophy. Well, incredible. He's a great guy. I mean, they don't make any more of those, you know. I mean, really? When, wow. when you find someone that reached the, 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 the epitome of the, their, their, their art, mm -hmm. you know, and he was a walking encyclopedia. He knew about every style. In Hong Kong, I, I used to go to his, his hotel and he, he used to play these old boxing films with Sugar Ray Leonard. All, all the old boxes. He had stuff from the 20s. Old wow. black and white stuff. We used to watch those fights and smoke. And he'd say, oh, you can slip like this. And he was really, really an avid uh, martial artist. He really was. He was something else. Ron Van Cleef is our uh, special guest uh, today, and uh, we're going to take a break. I'm G. Keith Alexander from What's Hot Harlem America, but don't forget to go to HarlemAmerica.com, our website, where we've got uh, a myriad of radio shows and TV shows that you can watch and some very nice articles as well. So we'll be right back in uh, just a few short seconds. Don't go away. you ever thought about hosting your own radio podcast to establish fame, fortune, and followers for your small business? People listen to them, they subscribe to them, and they love them. As a small black business owner, doesn't that sound like something that you'd like to be a part of? 
Well, you can when you hire the radio podcast pros at Harlem America Digital Network. Imagine you'll have a team of creative and technical professionals at your disposal and a one-hour weekly radio podcast to spread the word about your business. Making your business successful with its own media is not for the faint at heart, but it can happen with a Harlem America radio podcast talk show. Get a free consultation by emailing gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com or call D. Daniels at 480-553-5741 today. Harlem, America. It's about Harlem. Harlem is my town. Carver Bank, where 80% of every dollar is reinvested in the community. Harlem, America, the home of Coca-Cola Zero. You're listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. To reach our show live today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Also, you can send an email to gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com. Now, back to the show. Okay, so... uh... Mr. Ron Van Cleef, The Black Dragon, you can catch all his films. They're on uh, Netflix, and uh, we are uh, here to talk about now, talk about how did you get to train the Secret Service, the United States Secret Service? I had some students that were Secret Service agents. So in 1982, I um, accepted a contact to train um, Secret Service agents at the World Trade Center. I was the uh, senior combatives instructor for the Secret Service. I trained them from 1983 to 1993, 10 years. I trained over 10,000 agents. Um, Really? One of my students was the agent that got me the job. Mm -hmm. So that's how I wound up getting that job. Um, It was a, a great experience, though. It was a great experience, you know. You got to learn. You got to learn some some inside techniques of what they do. And oh yeah, yeah, surveillance stuff. A lot, very interesting stuff. You know, there are a lot. There's a lot more to it than what you think. Mm -hmm. People just say, "Oh, they they got the president to do this." They do a lot of stuff. You know, a lot of stuff. Very fascinating. Wow. So, all right. So for 10 years, you're training the Secret Service. All right. So all these years while when I... And I was still competing in karate and kung fu. Oh, really? I I, I competed for 55 years straight. So you must have Sometime talked... Sometimes I'd come in to, to train the agents and I'd have my almoner sling. Really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then I would fight the whole class with my almoner sling. Oh, really? Yes. Boy, you a bad dude. You a bad um, dude, you know, I'm telling you. <laughs> I think when, when you become accustomed to something and you do it all your life, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've been doing martial arts all of my life. Started when I was 15, I'm 80. Look how many years I've been doing this nonstop. nonstop. So I don't know anything else. My body doesn't know anything else. If I miss a workout, I feel bad. Wow. I Incredible. get depressed if I miss a workout. Like I had dental surgery, uh, implant surgery. Uh-huh. So I didn't go to class last night. I'm upset that I missed the class. <laughs> because when you're old, like 
iron when you're 80. Mm-hmm. Every class you miss, you really miss something. You really something. miss something. Time is something that's not refundable, you know? So Incredible. Well, okay. So you're in town recently. Um, one of the films, Warriors, Warrior Island. Island. is a TV series. It's a reality the, series. Oh, really? Yes. Tell us about it. Um, Warrior Island is a series where we take 18 fighters off to a hidden island, a secret island someplace. Actually, it's in Florida, Jersey. But, uh, <laughs> we take them to this island. There's six or eight um, grandmasters on the island teaching mm-hmm. different systems of martial arts. Okay. Different styles. So I'm one of the um, one of the chief instructors on the island. Mm-hmm. I, I trained them in uh, empty hand combatants, which which would be uh, karate, uh, kickboxing, jujitsu, mm-hmm. um, wrestling. Mm-hmm. You know the, the hard arts. The hard arts. Um, there are so many great other trainers there, like Dan Servant, four-time UFC super fight champion, six foot five, two hundred eighty pounds, monster, monster. I saw him fight Boyce Gracie for nineteen minutes. Mm. Nineteen minutes. You know what nineteen minutes is? A long time. For five minutes, I felt like it was a year. Really, I was so exhausted that day after I fought him. It was crazy. I mean, he was 26 at the time, and he had won four UFCs in a row. That's where you fight three people in one night, no gloves, no weight division, no time limit. Wow. I decided at 51 that I wanted to try it. Mm -hmm. And so I did it. And And you you lost by one point. You don't lose by points in 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 uh, in, in MMA, okay. Um, in jujitsu tournaments, traditional jujitsu tournaments, you can lose by points because they have a point system. But in those days, it was either knocked out or can't continue. And which was it for you? I, I got choked out. All right, okay. Choked I got out. choked out at like four minutes thirty five seconds of the five minute round. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And very interesting, Keith. I broke my left ankle one week before the tournament, before I fought in the Octagon. But you know how stubborn I am. That Marine Corps thing said, fuck it. You know? yeah. Anyway. <laughs> That's you know, the attitude. So I went and I did it. So uh-huh. Of course, the first kick I threw, uh, my ankle couldn't support me. I went down, and that was that's all he needed. You know? Mm. But it was, a, it was a great event. I mean, the guy... He's a technician. I mean, he hit hard. Uh-huh. But I took everything he dished out. He hit me with about 10 elbows in the back of my neck and the back of my head. And I didn't feel it then. You know, your adrenaline's all pumped up. The next right, morning, right, right. I couldn't open my mouth to bite a piece of toast. <laughs> <laughs> he had a black eye for me and my girl uh-huh. was all messed up. We were in the Having breakfast at the whole day. He says, oh, man, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to do this. I said, how do you think I feel? And wow. I'm 50 years older than you. 
Well, look, you know, when 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 guys know that they're going to take that kind of punishment in the MMA, mm-hmm. uh, are you upset with the guy later no, on? Or no, we actually had a had a smoke together. No, we really, were, yeah, <laughs> good guy. It's you know when I fought him and I mm-hmm. into the octagon, his oldest brother came over and gave me a kiss on my cheek, man. Really, that's who I'm studying with now, Helson. Really? Oh wow! I've been with him like thirteen years now. Incredible. Well, look, they're like very, they're family-like. The martial arts to them is a family thing. We call mm-hmm. our classmates our uh, Ohana. You know, mm-hmm. they they help you in karate classes. A guy could beat you to death every day, and he never tell you anything to help you. These guys, <laughs> if they submit you, they tell you what to do to not be submitted. Really? Wow! Yeah. While you're doing it. So it's it's a great learning place for me. It's a great learning place. All right. So because we've had such a, a wonderful uh, conversation, it's been so enlightening uh, to know that you've worked with all these various people and you've done all the, the wonderful achievements and all the awards and all the broken bones and, and all all the broken Nothing. bones and all that. So yes, you have. Let, let me ask you: do 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 you have any regrets? Is there anything you had to give up to become no. the Ron Van Cleef that you are no. now? No. I am... I don't regret anything that's happened in my life. I don't regret uh, going to Vietnam. I don't regret going to jail. I don't regret anything that's ever happened to me in my life. Because it's all been... That's why I am the way I am now. At 80 years old, I still have a, a, a fitness uh, level that I want to maintain. And I do that. It's tough, for sure, but I do it because I know that keeping myself fit allows me to be an example for other people to learn that there's no limit to one's potential. You can keep going as long as you buy. You know, you, I'm, I'm writing example. my 12th book right now. I started writing in 1981. Uh-huh. Well, and Peter Urban said, you don't know shit unless you write a book. So <laughs> I'm in Marshall over 20 years and he said, you don't know shit. So I wrote my first book, The Manual of the Martial Arts, which became the textbook for the Secret Service, FBI, and CIA. Really? Yes. Get um, down. I wrote a series of Ron Van Cleef guidebooks from White Belt to Black Belt. Um, I'm, I'm just finishing... Sentences that mm-hmm. sentence though with a Z sentences mm-hmm. the, the uh, ultimate guide to Zen psychotherapy. Mm. I'm just finishing that now. Wow. I just finished uh Super Weapon, mm-hmm. which is a composite of 25 different martial arts systems technology in one piece. So wow, right. My animated film will be out by the new year. It's called Tao of the Black Dragon, T-A-O of the Black mm-hmm. Dragon, which means means Way of the Black Dragon. But I'm a Black James Bond character with jet-powered shoes, <laughs> Lamborghini Black Dragon mobile, All right. flying apparatus, all kinds of stuff. It's truly, if you go on my site, the Tao of the Black Dragon, you can mm-hmm. see my video game, wow. and my animated film. 
Man, you are incredible. You are busy. You you have you, you have been an inspiration to me. <laughs> I've watched you for years, man. I love you, brother. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> thank yeah, you. Thank true, you. True. Well, thank you. I, I love you too. You've always been a, a nice, gentle, soft-spoken man uh, with a lot of confidence because it, which you didn't have to exude because you knew what you knew, what you knew, and that you could decimate anybody. So you know, you, you just you know, I, but, I never, I never thought that way. I never thought I was a bad enough for any of that. I just looked at from martial arts as a way of enabling me to. Navigate this life, mm, okay. overcome these obstacles. You know, I've been shot, I've been stabbed, I've been, all of that stuff. But was, I'm still going. You're still going. Team, I'm not on the walker. You know. <laughs> well, look here. We we've run out of time, unfortunately, oh. <laughs> Ron. And there's so much more to talk to you about. But before I let you go, uh, all the WBLS fans. I want you to know oh, that Frankie. Ron Van Cleve, oh. Ron Van Cleve, also taught Frankie Crocker. How long did you train Frankie for? For six or eight years, he made black belt with me in Chinese goju. He was an expert in sword, sai, nunchaku, and bow staff. He was an expert in those. Wow. Frankie Hollywood Crocker. I never knew that. All right, Ron, thank you so very, very much. I, I know it's early morning there in Hawaii. Uh, this it's has been a real- seven now. Huh? It's, it's what? 57. 857. It's been a real uh, a pleasure, and I will be in contact with you. My honor. You have Thanks a great so day and a better can, one tomorrow. Can Can you um, send me your mailing address? I'm going to send you a copy of my movie. Oh, great. Yes, I will. Yeah. I will. I will yeah. be sure. Okay. I will. Thank love you, you so much. Yeah. All right, ladies thank and you. gentlemen, thank you so very much for listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. And uh, this has been the uh, Black Dragon, Ron Van Cleef. We'll see you next week. Have a great day and a better one tomorrow. Thanks for listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. We'll be back next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1 p.m. in New York on the Voice America Variety Channel and the Harlem America Digital Network. Thank you for listening. Oh, oh, oh.